Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Holy Human with Leanne Rimes is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, my friends. I am so very happy to welcome you to today's show because I am tremendously inspired by the woman you're about to meet. Activist, filmmaker, and author Lorea Gaston. She is here to share with us her passionate and practical ideas to bringing more kindness, generosity, and love into this very needy world. And she is truly someone who walks her talk. I am so pleased to have her on today's Holy Human. Thank you so much for joining me on the Holy Human Podcast. I am honored. I'm really honored to talk with you. Um, I think I'll probably cry during this podcast because <laughs> your work, what you're bringing into this world is so beautiful. And, you know, I, I, I think I, I feel like I already know you through reading your book. Um, and I think it's just like heart uh, recognizes like heart. And so I just want to say uh-huh. thank you for the work you're doing in the world. It's, it's stunning. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for having yeah. me here. Yeah. Um, you, look, you've, you've written a book called Love Without Reason, The Art of Giving a Fuck, uh, which I think is just a fantastic title. And you, you. you've created a nonprofit called Lunch on Me that feeds uh, everyone on Skid Row organic food on the daily. You know, you, you have so much going on. If 
I feel like you've almost made love your job. Like that's your full-time yeah. job, which I think is so beautiful. I've, if yes. people are just coming upon you for the first time, how would you describe what you do to people? Lunch on Me, our nonprofit, Love Without Reason, it's radical philanthropy. It's curated intentional love. It's love for love's sake. You know, it's an expression. It, it's creating a voice in spaces that I feel don't always have that. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's doing the right thing. You know, we serve organic, healthy food. We've set the bar really high because I kind of view love in that way. Mm-hmm. So everything is in a space that it's giving the best of the best to everyone. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I love that you say you're giving a voice to those who don't have one or, or are unable to use it because I, you know, growing up with my voice being my my catalyst, you know, as a, as a performer, as a singer, um, it's been, I think one of my missions in my life has been to learn how to utilize my voice, not just for singing, but for for other purposes, like, you know, this podcast and, and giving, you know, creating a space for uh, community and curiosity and, and learning, you know, to be better human beings. So, you know, I think that that voice, it's so important. It's so powerful when we're able to, to learn to utilize our voices for not only ourselves, but for the betterment of others. So I, I really commend you for, for that because that's, we don't realize what a gift that is. It's such a gift, you know. It's the most powerful, I think, you know, between, especially yeah. when it's connected to our hearts like yours is. Um, oh, 100%. Yeah. There's nothing have, in between. No, which I love. I mean, <laughs> I've always found that on stage when I sing, but I think I'm really starting to learn to utilize that piece of myself um, just in the world. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's what... Uh, you know, that's what I see you doing. I see you this really beautiful living embodiment of of love, not just the concept of love, but like mm-hmm. the the doing and the being in the world. Like did love you, is a verb. Love is a verb. I mean, you know, I don't know if love can even be defined. I think that I'm not really sure. I don't know, you know, I don't know if we've ever truly defined it, but I would love to hear what you since you talk about it so much, what love, yeah. what, what that definition is for you? Well, when I think of love, I think of love without reason. Like that's the driving force mm-hmm. of it. Um, I think that love is the most written about thing of mm-hmm. all the universe and yet very few hold it. And for me, love without reason is loving for love's sake and nothing else and being not attached to any form of an outcome. Mm-hmm. It's an expression. And when I also think of love, um, I don't think you define it as one thing outside of being a verb in action because it's been so many different things to so many people. Mm. And I think that we have to look at two things, what love has been to us and what we want it to be. And I think that they're very separate and not enough people put an emphasis on curating love. Because if you define love for only what it's been to you and not what you want it to be, I think it makes it passive. And I don't think love is passive. And I think it needs to be intentional and curated. And I think that when we move into that space and we start looking at it as an action, then we can embody it. We can hold it. I don't think a lot of people have got to hold it. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. So interesting because what love has been to you, because to so many people, we confuse love with many other things, pain, abuse, Mm -hmm. 
Um, I know that you read after reading your book, I know that you've experienced that growing up, you know, and and to be able to shift into what you want love to be, how that's that's so powerful. Can you talk about a little bit about what love was to you growing up and and how that shift occurred? Yeah, I think that I um, was given a gift because I learned what love was and what love wasn't at the same time, Mm -hmm. why I was developing. So I think that that gave me an option to choose. You know, I think I had seen the idea of when love is absent, how corrosive it can be. Mm -hmm. And when love is present, how infinite it will be. And because I seen at the same time, and they were both labels, labeled as love because of who the lessons were coming from, mm-hmm. you know, our families, you know, a lot of times that's the first place we're learning love. And because I learned such contrasting spaces, I think very young, five, six years old, I understood clearly what I felt love was, not just by what it was to me, but what I wanted to mean and what I wanted to gravitate more towards. Mm-hmm. And it really was the light, infinite space, not the scarce pl- space. And again, when people come from whether it's any form of abuse or neglect or whatever their experience is, I think we have to be very clear in knowing that is not love. Mm-hmm. That is not, you know, it's it's the absence of love. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes it comes in the place that we think. So I think it's very important that we know what love is and what it isn't. And it starts with, even if you don't have it, define it for yourself and show up as that first. Yeah, because I was going to say, I don't think I don't think all of us get the opportunity to know what it is. We grow up knowing what it's not, but we think that we know what it is. And so when you're saying to know, you gotta, you have to know what that love is. I don't know if some people even would know where to begin. You create it for yourself. I think that's why I think, that's why I say love is curated. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're lucky if you're, and, you're, and you're rare, you get to experience it, its entirety, you know? But if you aren't, that doesn't mean you can't have it. You have to create opportunities of love for yourself. Mm. And that's what I've been very adamant about is if it's not there, don't stop there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when they say be the change, be that love, like, I believe that's what it's referring to. I think that sometimes we hear these ideas and because we don't have steps, we get kind of confused. It's muddled with right. what that means and how to implement it. Mm-hmm. But truly, um, to be able to experience love, you decide what it looks like for you and be that. Because I also think that sets a tone. Mm-hmm. When I think about the dynamics in my life, the people I love, the people that are closest to me. I set a tone and I decided I wanted love to be infinite for us. Mm. And so I decided to be that. And it's been that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I have, a, I have a song that I recorded long ago called Give. And it's, you know, it says, if you want to get love, then give it. You know, if it's like you have to, I love setting the tone and I love taking that power um, back for ourselves to be able to, to set the tone. I, I know when I walk into spaces, um, especially on airplanes, I, 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 because I used to travel all the time. Um, so there's something that I would do is sit in my seat and then everyone who walked by, I would just bless them. I feel like when you bring that just consciously, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be telling everybody that you're around like, oh, I'm blessing you today. <laughs> you know, um, they would think you're nuts. But, um, but it's, if you just consciously put yourself in that space, like it's, it's amazing what uh, what flows out of that, what opportunities 100%. present themselves in front of you uh, 
to be able to give that love to someone else. A hundred percent. And I think that people feel it. You know, I do think love fills up rooms mm. and I think that you can feel it. So that intention energetically, a hundred percent. Yeah. I believe in that. That's how I feel too. Like I'll go places and I'm like, I hope everyone's good today or light or they let things go. They forgive. Yeah. You can see it in people, you know? Absolutely. And I, God, I feel like when, you, when you've understood pain, when you truly have understood pain, you just don't want, I know for myself, like I just don't want to see people feeling that. Like I just so mm-hmm. deeply want people to be happy. And hundred percent. Yeah. I'm going to kind of jump around here a bit because I just the flow of the conversation. I watched your the trailer for your documentary, um, 43 Days, and the trailer itself, I watched it three times because I was, I was so shook by it in so many ways um, because, because of many reasons, but it just touched my heart so deeply because I think, you know, that thought of, God, I don't want to see people in pain, and there are so many people in pain. Um, but I there were a few things that just caught my attention. The artistry, the artistry of these people living on Skid Row was so incredible. And, you know, I, I almost wonder their, their imagination. It's like, you can take everything else from these people, but they, I thought it was so beautiful to see that they still had their imagination and their freedom of expression. And I sat there and wondered, I'm like, are they closer to God than we are? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I've seen God more there any other place. I felt like being in the street, that was, that is church for me. Because mm-hmm. I didn't see God in church, but I did see it there. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's one of my favorite things that you said um, in your book was that you, that, that giving to people is your church. And because we, we've, we've come to, I mean, I grew up, you know, Southern Baptist and Same. church was somewhere you went on Sunday. It wasn't life. Like we have, we, we've, we grew up thinking or being taught that it was in a building or it was in a, for a specific moment reserved for that. It wasn't life. And when you start, I mean, I think the biggest changes that we're going to see is when people start taking church to the streets, exactly. church into everyday life where 100%. you, that's your worshiping. Yes. hundred percent. That's what yeah. I always say is like what I do and what I'm giving, that is my tithing. Like that mm. is how I tithe, you know? I am not just doing it in church, but of course, like I love, I went to church for the music, so yeah, I love right. church, <laughs> but I I definitely found the experiences I read biblically, like the things that felt unearthly, angelic, I seen in the streets. Mm-hmm. And that's when I, it started to connect the dots for me. Wow. Talk to me about, um, a little bit about your documentary and and what that experience was like, you, because you were you were really close to your grandmother after she passed away. This was something you threw your broken heart into was um, yeah. your documentary. And most people wouldn't even think to go down to Skid Row to even walk around in that area. And here you are, you know, going to live amongst the people that you serve, which I think is so beautiful to really, truly understand mm-hmm. what their life is like. How did that shift First of all, how did that shift your broken heart and how did that shift the way that you see life? Well, I I went to Skid Row because when my grandmother passed, um, I, I mean, I always knew that that would be the hardest moment of my life, for sure. Like, I always knew that. Like, being with her, I missed her when I was next to her. You know, I knew that. And so I prayed and I heard her voice. I heard her, I heard her say, go to Skid Row. 
And I was like, you know what? <laughs> what else do I have to lose? You know, I would do this. And then I was like, I had already wanted to. Like, there were a lot of supernatural things that occurred that just pointed me to that space. And I was like, you know, what better time? My heart, it was like, I've, I've always worked and been so goal-oriented and, and working that my heart was so broken, I didn't want to do anything else. Like, I was just like, I knew I had time. You know, it was the first time I felt that where my heart was into. So I was like, you know, this is the time to go down there. And when I went there, I thought, like, um, make use of myself. The day my grandmother passed away, I was throwing a party on Skid Row. And so <laughs> and so it was already, you know, that had happened right, right. Uh, shortly before um, I heard her take her last breath and then my party wow. started. So it was already, I was already in that space when she transitioned. Right. And... Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to go there and I'm going to be of service. Like, I can't. I'm not the type of person that can, like, sit in my room and be depressed. There's life, you know, life goes on. So I was like, you know what? I can go help people and and we'll see. And so I decided to do it then. And I literally thought I was going there to just be of service and to help everyone else. But they helped me. So I think it was the first time I realized, like, that was the only place that I could that could have cured um, my heart. Because I think that the message my grandmother was sending me is... Nothing's ever lost. It's just redirected and replaced. And mm-hmm. the love that you seek here is also all around you. And so I learned that. Oof. Um, yeah. I learned that in that moment that like love is never lost. So I thought it was a loss, but it was a redirection of energy. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I, I don't find it. I mean, I, I don't find it ironic. I think it's beautiful that you were throwing a party on Skid Row at the moment, you know, your, your grandmother passed away. I mean, you know, you have said, oh, I see your heart so deeply and so beautiful. <laughs> it's such a beautiful heart. I, you know, you said how much your grandmother like taught you about love. And then here mm. you are, here you are just basically living out everything that she taught you the moment she passed. 100%. And yeah. that's just like, whew. Yeah, I definitely, it was weird because I like lost sound. Like I just remember hearing her last breath and I just like couldn't hear anything. And I just see like hundreds of flowers and balloons like going. And I was just like, God put me in the space to not be sad. You know, this is like a celebration. It was one of those, like, I was like, oh, I thought this was the time you go into a dark place. (laughs) Like in my (laughs) mind, it was this idea of like, for the first time in my life, maybe I can be in a dark place. And I couldn't, I couldn't. Wow, that's just so beautiful. Bless, bless her. Like that is just, yeah. Bless her for for showing you what love is, because I mean, she is truly an angel who has you know paved the way for everything that you're doing and every life that you're touching. Yeah, you know, in your documentary, there was um, there was this this man who said something so profound, and I kept rewinding it back to watch it, and Mm -hmm. it was. Um, I am not what you think of me. Seek for me in indecency. Find me there in my dignity. Speak to me peacefully. Oh, my my soul is involved. And oh, it just breaks my heart. Because our souls are involved. Like no matter yeah. what, no matter where we are in this world, no matter what hardship has come to us, um, yeah. we are... We might be homeless, but we're not soulless. And yeah. God, that just killed me. And and it just reminded me, like, you know, it just reminds me that that could be any of us. That could be any of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. Gabe, 
I love Gabe so Gabe. much. Uh, yeah, his name is Gabe. Um, oh, I, oh my God, I love that his name is Gabe. My, um, I had a friend who passed last year from diabetes, um, very young, and he didn't know he had it. And so he was sick and all of a sudden passed away. Um, and his name was Gabe. And so you just reminded me of him. So yes. beautiful. He's like my little angel in Skid Row for sure. Uh, I love him. You have no idea. He's like the most gifted lyricist I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what's so beautiful. I mean, I know I've seen, you know, I started singing my dad has tapes of me singing when I was 18 months old. Like, I mean, I could, you couldn't understand a word I was saying, but I was, <laughs> when I sang, it was so, it was so real. And um, even from that young of an age, and I, as I've grown older, I've recognized how much art was, um, it was my, my soul's way of, you know, of, of speaking in this world and places and expressing in places where it, I didn't feel like I could express other places in my life. Like I always joke, you know, if I could sing my life, everything would be perfect because that feels like the most honest expression. Um, sometimes when, you know, you speak, like sometimes it just doesn't come through. And when I saw the documentary trailer, I was just blown away because it's it just makes you realize how much art is used to soothe. It's a, it's a soothing salve to life's pain and... And in the imagination, you know, being so close to God when we are in that form of creation and imagination. And 100%. the fact that that has not, uh, the fact that they, they go to that so often there to express is, um, is just powerful. It is. I definitely think, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's unearthly. Like the things I've seen and experienced with them. Like just so many street angels, like it's insane, and street, it's true. Yeah, I, love you I, call think, them, I love you call them street angels. That's so cool. <laughs> they do. Yeah. I come street angels, street fans. Yes, I love yeah, it. <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, you see that, and I think that I mean, even just the most profound lessons. I always say that God sends His prophets to Skid Row for training, and mm. I see it. You know, I see it. Like the messages, the the wisdom, the the deep understanding. Like their understanding of like life and humanity and how we fall short and the grace that they have, like how they're treated, it's and how they still rise above, it's beyond me. Like it's crazy. It's 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 something I've seen nowhere else. And on that powerful note, we're going to take a very quick pause, but we'll be right back with more wisdom and insight from Lorea Gaston. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a 
day. Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my character, Gray Parrish, from my new series, Parrish. Yeah, I can drive. My character was a getaway driver. Yeah! I'm retired from life. You know that. His business is failing. His house is going up for sale. He is the everyman. Tell me about this driver job. We got a lot of action in this show. We have moments of real danger. And we want to feel as if anything could happen. Gray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money, and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. And he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. Welcome back, loves. We were just discussing the incredibly profound intersection between scarcity and the sacred. It's amazing. I think when we have things, you look when things are completely taken away from you, like where where the soul goes and where the the freedom that it starts to find. And it's, you know, I always look around at the, all the things that we have and here we are, you know, all we're focused on is you know, continuing to have those things, you know, and make to make sure we don't lose that because now we have this sense of lack, you know, this this sense of safety mm-hmm. that um, that we continue to try to to uh, to keep that up, and that's that becomes our that becomes our, our drive and our um, our hustle, you know. Yeah, it's liberating. Like I stayed in a tent for 43 days with nothing in it. You know, there was a yoga mat and a sheet. (laughs) And I'm not going to lie, like the simplicity of just having like my little backpack and nothing else, no money, nothing. And and just even the resources I had were dependent on others' generosity. Mm -hmm. So even to see that like, oh, I don't have water today, but, you know, in an hour, someone will come from a church or a nonprofit or whatever and show up to help. You know, it was, that part was very liberating. Like, I'm not going to lie, the simplicity of, like, not having stuff, mm-hmm. not accumulating things, not hoarding, like, it yeah. was, it was, that was my favorite part for sure. I mean, talk about trusting the universe. I mean, you have to, you're talking, like, moment to moment, being mm-hmm. in the moment and trusting that what is, your needs will be provided for. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we hear that all the time, you know, like, oh, you know, the universe will provide for you. We're like, sure, yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's hard to wrap your mind around that. Yeah. But when you're in that kind of situation, like your basic needs, 
you are moment to moment trusting that those will be provided for. Yeah, you. I think you definitely, in those spaces, you kind of have to master faith. Right. Like, because there's nothing to grab onto. So you don't have a choice. You can only hope for the best. And a lot of times, I mean, I definitely can say all my needs were met. And I can say that with all the time, the universe is definitely answering. Yeah. You say... Um, one of I think this is really powerful. One of the stories that you tell um, about, you know, you like you just said, you didn't have money when you were down there. You went with no money and the panhandling of, you know, of asking for money. What was I would love for you to share that experience, because I think it's so powerful. That experience is the reason I wrote my book. Oh, <laughs> because, it is. Interesting. Well, yeah, I was so be, that. OK, for one, just it, it helping in a community that's without resources and those things is one thing. When you experience their walk and what they have to go through, it is so eye-opening. And not even from the space of like them, but us, like people in the house community, you know, like people having so much and giving so little, but uh, deeming themselves good people. And I, it's, it's almost like imaginative. I don't know where it comes right. from, right. like where these ideas come from, because I do believe it is actions and to be in a space where I really thought, like, in my mind, I was like, I can come up with $24. Like, I felt like I was like, if someone, because in my head, I really thought humans. I'm like, if we're humble enough to um, share our vulnerability mm-hmm. and really ask for a need, if you stoop low enough to be that humble, right, where you're just like, you know what, I'm burying what I need, that you would think that humans were so good that we wouldn't allow needs to go unmet for someone that's even walking in humility, so in my head, I'm like, okay, like, I'm just going to tell them. And then also I thought about not just that. I'm like, you know, people have reasons why they don't give. They have a problem with addiction, all these things. And I'm like, I'm clearly centered and sound mind body right. and I just need help. And the fact that no one helped me, literally, I saw five, 600 people in a day. I kept asking everyone, told them what I was doing. I needed $24 for tarps, it's going to rain. Something right. I never thought about because you don't even think about that in Los Angeles. So the day, of course, I'm there, it rains. Right. And <laughs> and everyone said no. Like the level of resistance, like the blocks I saw on people's hearts, on their humanity. When I say I was so shattered, I went through every range of emotions. I was angry at humanity. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understood why people, when I'm like, when people are screaming in the streets, are they mad? I can understand when you get to the point where you're just like, I'm hurting, I'm without. Mm-hmm. What I'm asking for, you lose. Like, right. you know, you'll lose in your laundry. Like, it's something you would never even miss. The level, the energy that went into resisting helping was the part that I was just shot. I didn't think that people, and maybe I'm far removed because I don't live in that way at all. Mm-hmm. And But the problem is the majority speaks for what's going on. So it's like, it doesn't matter that I've, you know, I'm the ant going left. It's right. like, where's everyone else going? And I was so hurt because we don't help. I, I realized how far removed people are from their hearts. Mm-hmm. And that to me is so taxing on our soul. Oh, so it yeah. wasn't just, you know, just like it wasn't just that they didn't help me, but it's like, what do you think that's chip away, chip, chipping away at for your own self? Yeah, well, it's so interesting that you said, you know, the vulnerability piece and needs, um, because I don't know if most of humanity is even in touch with what their needs are themselves. 
and their own vulnerability. And so to even ask for, I mean, I, you know, I, I talk a lot about mental health because I've dealt with it my whole life and, um, you know, just the stigma like around asking for help when we are in, when we are suffering. I mean, yeah. we're just now starting to break that down. And so I, if you really think about it, like most people aren't in touch with needs and to see someone else asking it's almost like i wonder i wonder if it like hits this like core shame in all of us that we just yeah. wall we just wall ourselves up and they're mm-hmm. like oh, no i can't i don't want to look at that i don't want to deal with that because i i have to touch in me thing mm-hmm. places that are hard to touch 100% 100% and i mean that's the problem nothing should be in between us and our hearts nothing yeah. You know, it shouldn't be accepted. And it's one of those, like, I understand it, but I don't accept it. Yeah, completely. And it's like, that's where we have to do the inner work. Because when I seen that, the only two people that helped me were homeless. And so I think the worst part was, like, I'm getting upset. And I'm like, go sit down in the corner. Because I'm like, humans are really hurting my feelings right now. So I'm in a space where I'm like, okay. I gotta, I like, I literally have to tell myself I have to center myself because I'm like, if I can't respond in a place of love, like right. I have to focus because I'm getting a little <laughs> snappy. I'm getting a little upset. So I'm like, literally put my little sad looking love without reason box. I have a little box that I made myself that literally said love without reason. Like hopefully people would understand like just to give. I put my box down, my head's down because I'm trying to center myself and then like change just drops in my in my box. And when it happened, like that change was so much bigger than pocket change. It was a restoration of humanity. The idea of like someone didn't let me down. And when I look, it's he looks like a, a retired war vet. He's scooting mm-hmm. away and he just like puts the change in. He's just, just going. And I just like start crying. I can't even move. Like I'm literally like paralyzed. Like I, I can't even move because I can't believe it's street fam. Mm-hmm. I can't believe the person that shows up for me is the person who has nothing. And so uh, my friend that was filming, this was, we were doing this all when we were um, on Skin Row, my friend. Nima that was filming, he's like far away, like filming in the cut. And I'm like telling him, I'm like crying. I'm like, go get that guy. Like, go get him. Cause I can't, cause in my head, I'm like, I can't take his change. I don't even care. Like, I'm gonna be in the rain. Like, right. I just can't take this man's money, you know? And so Nima grabs him and asks him, like, why did you get to her? And he's like, cause I've been there so many times. Mm-hmm. He's like, I know that. And he like gives me a hug and he goes, it's gonna be okay. And I'm crying. So he just, I can't even get the words out. So he <laughs> thinks I'm crying because I'm, upset, but I'm crying because I can't believe that he would, I can't believe his spirit. You know, I'm just like <laughs> done. And so I, I tell him and, and it was just, it, he connected. There was nothing in, there was nothing in front of his heart. Mm-hmm. Nothing. What you do know? you, what do you think is stunting us from that growth? What do you think is the, is the thing that is keeping us from getting in touch with that deeper place in our hearts? It's discipline. I think that the problem is Anything we want to master, anything we want to be great at comes with a discipline. And I think that we need to look at love, our vulnerability, our relationships with self. It's a discipline. Mm-hmm. You don't magically get there. Right. I think, again, it's all intentional, you know? And I think that we don't put that same time. If I want to be loving, if I want to be forgiving, if I want to be vulnerable, I better have a blue plan for that, you know? A day-to-day discipline and action. Mm-hmm. 
what is going on with the drag racing right now? I'm just like, what's happening? Maybe they're in agreement with us. They just want to be um, a part. I was going to say, they just want to be a part of our conversation. So it's fine. I agree. <laughs> and so I think that it is a discipline. And I think that that's what's getting in our way ourselves because we are not prioritizing those things. Mm-hmm. Everything else is important. But, but the thing is, what makes that so important is the more we grow, the more we become better. Everyone around us benefits from it. Every interaction benefits from it. It's like when we grow, not just for ourselves, but to navigate in a lighter, more healthy way. Mm-hmm. You know, the world is benefiting from that space, that growth, mastering those things. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that's that's a part of the core issue. We have to curate things. We have to make it intentional, all of it. Yeah. I mean, I it, you're, yeah, intention is such a huge piece of that. And I... I know for my own self, my own experience, like I, I know when my heart's closed, you know, and I know what that feels like. And it's painful. It's painful. And I've walked around living like that a lot of my life, you know, and mm-hmm. I, and then I know when my heart's open and the freedom in that and the joy in that. And, and I, you're right about the intention and the discipline because something can happen, whatever it may be that trigger is. And instantly like our hearts close and yeah. I can, I mean, I can walk around in that space for a while without if I'm not intentional and aware of it, you know, uh, to be able to, you know, I get lost in that space again, basically. Mm-hmm. It's your, yeah. it's almost like it's our default setting, right? So uh-huh. unless you're, unless you're aware, unless you have practices that are culti- you're cultivating um, to bring us back into our heart space, there's, it's so easy just to get lost. Yeah. And the more you practice, I think what happens is like practice habits. Yeah. Um, you know, it, that discipline, it eventually becomes innate. Mm-hmm. So when, once you've practiced being open more than you have being closed, mm-hmm. that becomes your default setting. Mm-hmm. But you have to recognize you have to get there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't, <laughs> you got to get there. You got to put the miles in, you know? And so yeah. that's important. I think that uh, to be loving, to be patient, I have to practice patience. Mm-hmm. To have deep understanding, I have to seek understanding. Like mm. those are things that we, I do believe, we have to do. Yeah, I um, in the morning, I, I I love a course in miracles. I know you you quoted some of that in your book. Um, and I, yeah. I I think that it's such a beautiful book. And I I pray one of my favorite prayers in the in the course is where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say? And to whom? And every morning. When I wake up, it's the first thing that I pray. And it's, it's the, to me, it's my way of putting my mind and my, my vessel into the, into being a walking miracle. I, you know, I always think that we always ask for our prayers to be answered, but we forget to be, we forget that we can be the answer to someone else's prayers. We forget that we can be used and utilized in that way. You know, what are, what are some of, um, that's that's kind of my way of getting in touch with it in the morning first thing. What are what are some of your ways that you, you know, can that you get connected with that? I mean, I feel like now you're just like a walking, you're like you don't even need to be connected with that. You just all the time. But I feel like, you know, maybe other people are like, you know, how do I how do I continue or how do I start my day or, you know, stay connected to that mindset of giving and openness? Well, I think it starts. Well, I think it starts with um, micro gestures, and that's mm-hmm. kind of like how um, I like to articulate it. For me, it's those acts have to have 
have to happen every day. Mm-hmm. So for me to ha- create a habit or to make something innate, I have to do it every day. It doesn't take much time. Um, but one of the things I like to do, I mean, it's simple, but it's the curating experiences, curating love, mm-hmm. whether it's putting your phone down with your, when you're with people you love and giving them your undivided attention. It's getting to a space where we recognize, for one, we have to be present. To even do these things, you have to be present, you know? And that's Buddhist philosophy. That's a lot of different things, being right. grounded. Um, so being present is one of the first things I do. I can't be that miracle or curate that love if I don't even know what's in front of me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I think mm-hmm. my focus has always been to train my mind. Like micro gestures are important because you train your mind to find the opportunities where you can do good. Mm-hmm. When I'm at a coffee shop, I order coffee. Whoever's behind me, I'm like, hey, can you put your order on my tab? I want to buy you coffee. doesn't matter who it is. And I'm just like, you know, it's one of the things I like to do. And that's such a super quick curated love moment. Because everyone, it's it's simple. Everyone likes to feel loved, nurtured, taken care of, seen. And that simple thing, it doesn't matter where you sit financially. If you have a lot, if you have a little, someone doing that for you, it's, it's the energy and intention of someone just wanting to love on you and be kind. Mm. And so those are small things I do. You know, I keep $5 in my bag because sometimes I don't have time to grab food for someone, you know. Right. There might be street fam that's like, hey, can you grab me? And I'm like... Here, take this money, go get it. Like, right. or if I have time, I'm like, hey, come in the store with me and order whatever you want. Right. But um, I'm very intentional about how I walk this world and what my interactions can be, and always showing up for people. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm still learning so much when it comes to these things. The same things that I've written about, I've had to implement every day and learn that those are the things that that become better and better and easier. But I think it starts small, mm-hmm. and I think it doesn't start with the love we reserve for our families, they already have that. Right. I'm, <laughs> there's a whole world around us that could use that same love. I believe uh, there isn't a place love shouldn't be or right. should occupy. And I think that, again, those are the intentions. And it's all small acts. I don't think that... Sometimes we think of this like grand gesture, this mm-hmm. big thing. And I think it's a collection of what we do daily. Mm-hmm. I think that's what changes everything because those are the interactions. We focus so much on what's next, but what's in front of us? Mm-hmm. Is there something I can do for the person in front of me? And I think that also has to do with developing, being attentive. Yeah, I'm very attentive to everyone around me. I love their that. needs, their wants, ways I can. You know, sometimes when you said, like how you said, people don't know what they want. Sometimes we got to show them. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants love. Well, everyone wants sure. attention, you know? And, and sometimes it's like, you know, it's good, uh, like Khalid Gribban says in um, one of his poems, it's good to give when asked. It's better to give unasked through understanding. Mm-hmm. And I believe in that. You know, that's the attentiveness that needs to happen. Yeah. You know, because you're seeking to have a deeper understanding and a better way to serve. I love that. What, um, what uh, you kind of touched upon this briefly, but what are some of the biggest misconceptions when it comes to giving that you come in contact with? I think that, well, there's two things, and I talk about that in the book. I think that when it comes to giving, we come, there's only two places I think we pull from. Um, a mindset of abundance or a mindset of, a, of scarcity. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times you have one giver who gives because they feel it's an infinite thing. You know, it's just like a, an infinity sign. It's always going to be a cycle. And then you have a person that believes if they give, they'll never have enough for themselves. And I think that you have to think about those things 
giving, which one could, which one would contribute to our happiness? Right. You know, and which one's more taxing to the soul? And I think that starting before people even give, that's, I feel like those are the two mindsets that I hear from people. And I think that when people come from the space of scarcity, it has nothing to do with how much they have. It has to do with their mindset about what they have. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the richest people I know operate from the place of scarcity. Mm-hmm. And some of the poorest people I know, financially poor, operate from abundance, mm-hmm. that there will always be for everyone. So I think that to give, we also have to know where we're pulling from. Because yeah. sometimes people give from that scarcity, and I don't know how holy that is. I don't know if that's coming from a high energetic place. Yeah, and if that's even fulfilling, or they feel like they're just, it's, yeah, they're just, uh, it's almost like an ego need. Like you said earlier, they call themselves good people. So if I'm going to call myself a good person, then I might have to give every once in a while. And it's important. I know you touched upon this too, like the energetics of giving are, is, is, yeah. is as important, if not more important, than the gift itself. Yeah. And it's just an expression of freedom. Like, I feel like when we give, it feels, if you get past yourself and that ego space and all that, it's so innate to us. Like you see children on a playground, they don't, they don't give or share to be good. It's literally innate to them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why kids want to play. And it's, it's obviously a completely different interaction than adults have. But if you see it, it just, it just seems more natural to us to give, to share, to coexist in harmony. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where we also have to pull from, especially when it comes to giving. It does feel amazing. Energetically, when you get past your own self and all your defenses, because we can articulate every single reason why we don't want to give. But I think if we just limit down, does that feel good to you? Like where inside of you does that feel good? Because there's so much energy that goes into stopping ourselves from giving when it's like, no, just give because you can. And do it with joy, you know? And I feel like that's important. There's nothing too big and too small. I think it's the energy that's present in it. If I'm buying someone's coffee, it's with my whole heart, yeah. you know? It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'm buying up the bar, pick whatever you <laughs> want on the menu. You want almond milk, you got it. Like it's just, it. from the, it's just from that space of like, I just want to be good to you. And this is where we're going to take a quick break for just a minute, but I promise more goodness as soon as we return. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease you deserve a moment to yourself every single day and a delicious bite of a keebler sandies can give you that comforting pause (sighs) don't forget to pack the melt in your mouth magic of a keebler sandies for a post errands pick me up this magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by ernie and the keebler elves 
so as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my character, Gray Parish, from my new series, Parish. Yeah, I can drive. My character was a getaway driver. Yeah! retired from life you know that his business is failing his house is going up for sale he is the every man tell me about this driver job we got a lot of action in this show we have moments of real danger and we want to feel as if anything could happen gray is invited to drive for this man he's invited to make money and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do i did what you told me to and he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. Welcome back, everyone. Lorea and I were just discussing how truly in our nature it is to be generous. It's so interesting. I had this huge epiphany the other day about anxiety for myself. And I was like, some of the, the, some of the greatest anxiety for me is when I recognize that I am closing myself down and that I am, Mm -hmm. like you said, it takes so much energy, so much energy to, to protect ourselves, you know? And, and when that love flows, like there's, Oh God, you're talking, you know, there, there is freedom. That is freedom is to allow, yeah. you know, that love to flow outward um, effortlessly and without expectation. I think that expectation piece is such a huge thing. Uh, yeah. And expectation, you know, a, a lot of us are afraid, you know, to get taken advantage of. And we think yeah. that, you know, you talk about being attentive to people and we hear so much about like this codependent society. We can't be codependent. We can't like, and I almost feel like, it almost stops us from, from being attentive, you know, all of mm-hmm. the, all of these things you're talking about, like, it's just so easy for, it's to so spiral. easy. Yeah. It's so easy for us to spiral. Absolutely. And to, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it really is. It just, With, it's become our habit. It's it become a habit. Yeah, it is. And like, when you, when you brought up anxiety, the first thing I thought was that's your soul giving you an alarm for your actions being betrayal. I think it's a betrayal. And I think that our souls try to get our intention. Mm. So I definitely think that that's what that's connected to. I feel like the less we betray ourselves, the less anxiety we'll hold. Um, I also think that when we come from the space of being taken advantage of, we come from the space of scarcity. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, And it's one of those, so what? So what if your love isn't used? Does that mean you shouldn't put it somewhere? Mm-hmm. Should it just stay inside of you? It's about love being an expression of verb. And we are full of love and yeah. it needs a place to go. Yes, it's energy. And that's like when it's not used, it's like I feel like it, needs it a just place gets bottled up. Yes. A hundred percent. Again, that's why you have to be so. That's why I believe, like, like I said, the definition of love without reason is not being attached to the outcome, to love for love's sake and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Because... You have love and it needs somewhere to go. And you can only hope. I hope half the things I do that, um, you know, they will see the light of day or someone will hold it in the same expression as me. But that does not take away from me wanting to show up and give love. And a lot of times when people 
don't hold the love that I want to give them, I hurt for them because I know I can see the guard between them and their heart. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's like there's a quote that says, you built walls so tall you can't even climb them. And that hurts because hurt. I see the pain. I've never met someone who was guarded, who was just filled with joy. No. You're I right. haven't seen that, you know? And so sometimes when my love is rejected or, or misunderstood, mm-hmm. I have pain for them because I'm holding a gift that they can't even see because they put so many things in, in front of their heart, you know? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times we can have sympathy. It's like the idea that, um, I don't know who said it, but someone, I mean, was it Marianne Williamson, where she said, anything that's not of love is a cry out for love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like, sometimes it's foreign. Or one thing I had to learn was when our love can be viewed as not, um, as, as not being used or taken advantage Sometimes it's a foreign thing and it's the, a first encounter. Right. Sometimes you don't even know what to do with it because you've never seen it before. Absolutely. That is so you know? true. Yeah. So it's like just what I've learned is when I've been foreign to people, giving up robs me of the joy because even with Street Fam, you know, there were people that I met where I was their first encounter of love. But my consistency broke the barriers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Love will break through anything. Love will break through anything. But I think that's where the idea of like love being patient is so important. Mm-hmm. And also coming from the space, when I'm rejected, I kind of like it. Like low key, <laughs> it's kind of turned into something, especially on Skid Row and like uh, dealing with um, my street fam and strangers. I really like it because I help them work through those barriers because I know that the person that gives me the hardest time is the most loving. Mm-hmm. Like I have a guy that's just, oh my God, he he used to be a nightmare. Like He used to be such a nightmare and so mean to me. Oh, and wow. I would always tell him, it's okay, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll I try it. again tomorrow. And I would constantly <laughs> do it. And I would just bother him to the to the point where like now he can't leave without hugging me and oh, like and he it. won't it's let funny. go and he's like this big tough guy that like cusses war again another war vet I work with a lot of vets right. and so and older guys and now it's like we there's a part of his heart that just he's reserved for us mm-hmm. and it's so beautiful to see because but it wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have carried out the action of love right. through patience and consistency. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's okay. And again, that, that comes with deep understanding mm-hmm. that what he's doing, his rejection wasn't to me, he was rejecting his own self. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And so like, when you look at that, then it's like, no, they can't take advantage of you. They're actually hurting themselves. Yeah. And that's what we need to get through. Like, when I saw like those moments, I'm telling you, the hard ones, the bad apples, like those are the ones that are the most golden. Yeah, it's I mean the it's, most golden. It's a four agreements basically. Like one of them, you know, don't take anything personally. And that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. Like, no, yeah, I really don't. Like <laughs> I just have conversations by myself. I'm just like, it's okay, we'll try it in the morning. <laughs> I'll knock well, on that heart. Okay. I'll knock on the door of your heart again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We'll do this back. again. Uh huh. Or even like certain people like uh, my my attorney's not she wasn't the softest person when I met her. Right. And I was with her yesterday. And um, I was just like, I'm going to hug you now. <laughs> She's just like sitting there. <laughs> and I just like put my arms around her shoulder and I hold her a little longer, like where it was probably uncomfortable for her. Right. And I could just feel her like melt, you know, mm-hmm. even though there's like all these guards, you know. She's yeah. been an L.A. attorney for so long. There's right. all these guards. <laughs> and I'm just like, 
I I love that because I know that that love or those barriers, like there's a place for it to go. And I think that we also have to work with each other and be kind and patient and understanding Mm -hmm. that we are trying to figure it out. And when someone knows or has a little more experience in something, then, you know, you curate it, you set the tone. Right. I would love for you to tell, talk to everyone about the three B's because that's, I think, so important. Will you walk me through what those are? Yeah. So um, when writing out like micro gestures and things that I think they're very important, what we're doing, of course, being mindful, intentional and generous. Um, the reason that those things are important to me is, for one, generous because so many people like my experience with trying to get $24, people are not generous. And that's something I think that we all have to work on because if we want to be good people or if we, even if we believe in this trend of gratitude, that's an action. And so it's like, you kind of have to be generous. Like that is the action of like, if I'm going to be grateful, I have to act gratefully. Mm -hmm. And a lot of of that has to do with like giving and that's where generosity sets. And then just being mindful, I think the reason that is so important is we think ourselves out of half the things we won't do. Right. Before we even get to a point yes. of action, like you said, like when we talked about the spiral, like the, yep. the idea of the spiral, it's like before we even get a chance to do something, even if it's being vulnerable, what do we do? Half the time we don't call. Right. It's like, hey, call first. It's going to be you okay. Gotta, you gotta, you've got to, when that that first feeling comes in of like, I want to be vulnerable or I want to give. It's like, you need to act on it right then. Have to. Impulsive. Yeah. Impu- completely impulsive. Don't say I love being impulsive. Completely, <laughs> completely the opposite of everything everyone else has told you. <laughs> be impulsive. Yes. You have to be impulsive when it comes to that because those are your, your actions, your feelings, and your heart, you know? Right. And so that mindfulness is important because we do have to train our minds to come from that space of infinite abundance Um, not scarcity. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of reframing that has to happen mentally. That's why being mindful is important Mm -hmm. because we have to be aware of what we tell ourselves. Yeah, the stories. You know, the stories we tell ourselves. And I think that once we take a moment to say like, okay, I'm going to be present. I'm not going to talk myself out of things. I'm going to do it. When I think about that with micro gestures, for me, a lot of people don't know how to like talk to people, especially strangers. Mm -hmm. So that mindfulness of, get out of your own head and get into the world and just silence that and be present and allow, you know, yeah. And yeah. And observe, like observe what's in front of you and what's happening. Mm -hmm. Listen, be training with the energy as well. And then the reason being intentional is important is know why you're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. The root of it, where is it coming from? The root. And for me, I'm very detached to a reason I mean, that's why, like I said, I believe in love without reason is because it's, this feels right. Mm -hmm. I don't have to have a motive. Like, it feels right, energetically, spiritually, heart work. It feels right. And and that's why I think that intention of, I have love to give, and I'm going to give it. I don't think that it needs to be any further than that. Yeah. Not who you are to me, not, you know, I should. No, no, no. I, I, this is the right thing to do. It feels right. And my intention is to share love. And I can only hope, that's why you have to be detached to the outcome. I can only hope you'll meet me halfway. Mm. I love that. Yes. Oh, so beautiful. I could talk love with you all day. <laughs> love, love. I, I, yes. I, write, I write so much about it. You know, it's it's just, it's, 
it's what I want to put into the world too. I think, you know, and when I think about what anchors me and my, my mission in this world is to, to bring more love, you know, into, into people's hearts. You know, I, I, I'm so blessed that with my gift, I can, I can go into those places where most people don't, you know, they don't touch that. And it's, I love that about music. It's so beautiful Mm -hmm. to, you know, to be blessed with that gift. And, you know, I, I love that you say you went to church for the music. Um, so you must have, (laughs) you must have some love for music. I always ask, I'm ask my, my guest. um, it's, I do something called the Holy five, which is basically, you know, maybe it's five songs on your playlist right now. Maybe it's five songs that you, you know, grew up listening to, like what are, what would be your Holy five and why? Oh my God. So, well, First song I think of is Bill Withers. Um, he's one of my favorite songwriters. Mm, yes. Um, Bill Withers, Can We Pretend? I don't uh, know that song. I'm going to have to listen to that as soon as we get off. So again. you listen to it today, okay? Yes, I'm going to do that. Um, Bill Withers, Can We Pretend? Because um, I love Sundays. Mm-hmm. And that's like my Sunday shower, you know, vinyl. Like, I love. Can we pretend the pain is gone? Go that nice. song just really makes me feel about like just soundtrack to life. I love it. Um, I love when I'm in my emotions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chris Stapleton. Sometimes oh I cry. Yes. Sometimes I cry. I love that song. Nice. I just, ugh, His voice is so stunning. Oh, the His voice is crazy. So His good. voice is crazy. I love him. Um, I love Miles Davis' version mm. of Summertime. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jazz is my favorite genre of music, so I definitely, I grew up listening to like Duke Ellington, Miles Davis. Nice. Um, so I just, anything Miles, but for me, Summertime is my favorite song, especially because I also love slave literature. Mm-hmm. So that song definitely makes me think of that time. Uh, Luther Vandross, Never Too Much, because I just feel like that's my happy song. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like every time I hear that when it comes to love, I feel like it's so vulnerable. It sounds about how you feel. And then I would say a song, it's not by him because Jeff Buckley wrote oh, it, yeah. but um, Kenny Lattimore's version of Everybody Here Wants You. Oh, wow. Once again, song I don't know. You're introducing me. Oh my me. god! I I no, no, no! I have so many songs. Like you okay, don't understand. Music is like my other love. <laughs> We're trading playlists after this. Yes, this is so good. Oh, please listen to those songs okay, and I tell totally me will. how you feel. Okay, okay, I will. I so have enjoyed speaking with you. Thank oh you. Oh my god, I loved it. You're amazing. Oh. 
I would love to come volunteer with what you're doing because it just has so moved yes. me. And yeah, I would love to get involved. So come do yeah. vegan burgers with us. <laughs> I'm down. Absolutely. <laughs> so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for being on here. Thank and, you um, so much for having yes. me. We'll talk soon for sure. Thank you. Right. Yay. And that wraps up this episode of Holy Human. I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation as much as we enjoyed having it. And I'd love to hear from you too. So just hit me up in the comments wherever you're listening and please feel free to forward this to anyone you think would benefit from hearing it. Bye. On the next episode of Holy Human, you'll meet the man dedicated to helping you heal your trauma and live your true purpose. The very inspiring Mastin Kip a man recognized as a thought leader for the next generation. I know you guys are going to really love this episode, so tune in. Until then, I wish you all love. Holy Human with me, Leanne Rhymes, is a production of iHeartRadio. You'll find Holy Human with Leanne Rhymes on the iHeart app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get the podcasts that matter most to you. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.